politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, liberty, property, and all of humanity as if this were 1776, except it's a lot worse here today, October 20th on Friday, pondering the events of the past two weeks and everything we've seen. It's not like 1776 in many ways. It's worse. But primarily... Because the problem is internal. Here's the deal. Unlike in 1776, the problem is within. And therefore, all the external enemies we have, which we certainly do, are the result of that problem within. And that's both a problem in the mindset of the governing class imbuing in the native population and then importing foreign elements that certainly never had what Jefferson referred to as American Republican values, post-Enlightenment values, and this is what we're stuck with. So whether it's the Islamists that we bring in, the people rampaging throughout our streets, thousands in some of these cities, uh, celebrating Hamas's butchering of Jews, mixing with native leftists from particularly this new generation that is just foreign to all of our values— or whether it's the subversive illegals bringing in their cartel culture, MS-13 culture. That's what we face. And there's no easy answer, because you can't fight something external when internally you're rotted out. You really can't. I mean, that's the, that's the bottom line. Y- you did have a lot of loyalists during the revolution, but, you know, they were loyal to the British crown i mean they felt that was their patriotic duty values wise they didn't believe right is wrong man is woman criminal is victim i i, I mean when you look at the contorted logic it and it, it is supported by almost half the country it is supported by the super majority of young people and it's supported by the overwhelming majority of the governing corporate masters of the universe elite you know governing class, that they believe the massacre of Jews, the butchery, turns out the Jerusalem Post reports the Hamas guys doped up on some sort of a derivative of cocaine so they could dull their senses and just be as wild as possible to torture and do all sorts of things. That's not even news. We now have unanimity of opinion throughout the entire media NGOs, academia, governing class. It's all about the Gaza citizens, even knowing that the Gaza citizens are the are, are literally the bullets of Hamas. That is how they operate. And you look at all of this, and you realize that the solution to everything until we come up with something better is we have a big country, we have a lot of people, we have a remnant of of maybe 40% of the country that shares our values, but then only a certain amount that really on a deep level understand them and will fight for them. And we need to go into enclaves and create our own our own sanctuaries for sanity, morality, liberty, and, and law and order. That is all we can do. So we're going to mix the two later on with, with our special guest, uh, Michael Quinn Sullivan from Texas Scorecard, 
talking about Colony Ridge, this subversive cartel city right in a red county within Texas, and how Republicans sold us down the river there, and how possibly maybe we could make Texas red one day. But that is our only choice. We have nowhere to go. That's what's very scary about this. We literally have nowhere to go. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. This is the last asylum for civil and religious liberty on Earth. That's what Sam Adams said at the time of the revolution. And we created it, and now we undid it. It's not a matter of, oh, we need to save America or protect America. America's gone. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Between what they've done culturally and in the education system to, to natives and between the just sheer amount of third world migration, Islamic, cartel, this, that, it just, it's just not America. And, and we all know that. Again, thousands of these people were rampaging in New York City promoting Hamas yesterday. And in another story you won't hear elsewhere, this is from Miami. Very important story. Channel 6 Florida, South Florida. Men said, I am Hamas, threatened to bomb Miami Beach Jewish school and synagogue. Police say they arrested... Alier Ohea Salas, 42, was arrested on charges including threatening to place a destructive device, disturbing a school or religious assembly, assault with prejudice, and harassing or intimidating based on religion. Um, and I looked up his booking, and it turns out he has an ice hold on him, meaning he's here illegally. You won't see that in any publication. And it turns out he's a Cuban national. He's not, he's not an Islamist. But as I warned, all the evildoers in the world, their brains will churn. The wheels in their brains will churn watching that massacre, kind of similar to the copycat mentality we see with the mass school shootings. And that's what you know why, why this is a concern for everyone. Now, this is a little unique because this is not an Islamist, but it just goes to show that this is something we have brought to our shores. This is the breakdown of the social compact of Western governments that are more concerned about other people's citizens, including the worst elements of other countries' citizens, than their own. So now we have a scenario in America. I just want you to understand this, how vivid the cruelty of the left is. The, the, the cruelty of tolerating the intolerant under the guise of tolerance. America has been the greatest asylum for Jewish people in, in world history. Really has been. And you would, you would want to preserve that asylum for everyone, but particularly Jews have been persecuted for many, many years. And then right now, essentially, they can't live in Europe anymore. As you could well see, the, the amount of attacks were just through the roof. There's been attempting stabbings, attempted uh, arson, all sorts of things all over Europe. And the media blood libel with the Gazan civilians is going to continue to fuel this, to exacerbate that sentiment. And then in Israel, they get massacred and rocketed. So there, there aren't exactly too many places in the world 
Jews can live. That's a reality. So you have America. Now, again, this case, this is an illegal. But again, I mean, it's not just Islamists. When you bring in hyenas, whether they're from the Cuban prison gangs or the Venezuelan gangs, they're going to bring in a lot of that similar mindset. It might not exactly be Sharia law or jihad, but it might be other violence and primitive pre-enlightenment views. And anti-Semitism is certainly the mother's milk of a lot of that pre-enlightenment view that, uh, you know, it's, it's as old as, as, as the beginning of the world. And, you know, I could trace that back to, uh, obviously, a spiritual source. But our founders talked about bringing in immigrants of merit. Madison talked about that during the floor debate on the 1790 Naturalization Act. Theodore Sedgwick, who was in Congress at the time from Massachusetts, said he only wanted people who were fit for the society into which they were blended. Jefferson, of course, talked about, um, you know, he's talking about immigration from France, and he said he wanted people of Republican American values. He was concerned, mind you, you know, back then it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to bring in people from the Mayan jungles in Guatemala that defecate on the floors of the ICE offices, or, you know, people from Bangladesh or Bhutan or whatever. I mean, these were countries more or less from where their parents and grandparents came from, but they were concerned about the aristocratic mindset, the uh, kind of slavish mindset. Um, if you know, we had, if you remember, we had Michael Yan talking about, uh, you know, he's down there in the Darien Gap in Panama, uh, interviewing some of these people, monitoring some of these people coming up, and he said they have a slave mentality. And, and that's what Jefferson didn't want, people that were a slave to a king. So, this is a dirty little secret that the media doesn't want you to know. There's one thing the media will never pull. And it's only by accident that you could ever even get data. And that is Arab sentiment towards Jews, towards Christians, particularly Jews. And then, and then really specifically those living in the West, whether it's Europe or America, men on the street. There used to be this guy, Ami Horowitz, no relation to me. I used to have him on. He would go around the Somali community in Cedar Rapids, Minneapolis, asking them random questions. And, you know, they they would openly declare their support for jihad, their hate for America, their hatred for Christians, their hatred for Jews. And and so that's why no one wants to pull them. But I'm going to give you some data I want you to have in your arsenal um, that goes through this. And then we'll get to our guest a little later. We're sponsored today by our friends at Barrel Buddy, very appropriately. I just bought another 1,000 rounds, by the way, um, and I'm buying a new gun. Uh, wish me luck. I, 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 don't, I mean, I can't imagine it's going to displace my H&K VP9 as my duty gun, but the CZ P10F, the C is more po- uh, popular, but I got the full size because I want a full size one. It's, it's very accurate, low bore axis. But anyway, this is not a CZ advertisement. Uh, when you shoot your gun, you got to clean it, and... Um, the way to clean it is not with these patches and cloths that leave lint fibers and threads, which is very dangerous. You want it to buff clean. Barrel Buddy provides you a packet of 50 of these white cartridges. It, it looks so simple, but they're very tough, but versatile and flexible. P- pushes through the barrel, and then you could clean the other metallic parts that you're supposed to clean. Use another one to lube it, and done. It's the most efficient, cleanest way of doing it. Go to BarrelBuddy.com today. 
to get. Again, you can get pretty much a full year's cleaning supply for 15 bucks there. So the ADL, you're all familiar with the ADL. Uh, I, I often call them the Arab Defense League. They're officially supposed to guard against anti-Semitism, but like every left-wing Jewish organization, it's morphed into an Orwellian group, and it's basically a Democrat you know, organization. And they actually, again, they actually are, are one of these two-state solution places. They, they're all into the Palestinians and everything. They kind of play both sides of the fence. So they put out, I don't know if it's every year, but they have something called the Global Index on Anti-Semitism. And this was published, I want to say this is from 2016, but you can look it up, ADL, Global Index on Anti-Semitism. And they rate every country based on surveys. I mean, I don't know how, they, they, I mean, this is a, it's a grifting organization, so they have a lot of money to put this together. And they rank the countries, you know, 200 or so countries by who has the largest anti-Semitic population? Now, that's obviously very subjective, but what the what they do is they they measure it based on support for what they call eleven common anti-Semitic tropes, stereotypes. You know, Jews are at fault for this, for calamities. Jews control the world. They control the 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 economy. They control the politics. They control law, and then that type of stuff. And. They ask, you know, how many do you, you know, what percentage believe in this stuff? You go to the United States and it's almost rock bottom. And it's something we shall be proud of. I mean, that, that, that's the sort of enlightenment we wanted to, to you know, uh, have in this country where we're not into this, you know, third world low IQ nonsense. Do you know what the number one country is? Well, it's not a country. It's a fake country. But what they call the West Bank in Gaza. <laughs> Okay, so not surprisingly, that tops it at 93%, which is actually surprising because um, I don't know who those 7% are. But the point is there is this journalist, um, Margaret Brennan, who was telling DeSantis, how dare you paint everyone with a full brush saying that these people hate Jews and they bring this stuff in. By the way, someone sent me, it turns out she's married to some sort of Syrian guy, so there's some some background there. Uh she is uh, CBS reporter Margaret Brennan. She was doing Deface the Nation. And obviously DeSantis was right. I mean, this is the ADL. Okay, now everyone likes quoting the ADL when they accuse conservatives of being anti-Semitic. And 99% of the time when they do that, it happens to be philo-Semitic people. I'm pretty sure DeSantis was accused, maybe not by the organization, but by some of their supporters of being anti-Semitic. And he's probably the greatest philo-Semite literally alive. Um, but so, so they're all over that. But what they don't want to dig up is their data. And the ADL doesn't readily – they don't advertise this. But it's ensconced in a very long report, and you can see it. The top, every one of the top 16 countries – so 1 through 16 are all Muslim Middle Eastern countries. You know what the number two is? Iraq, 92%. Yes, that's the country – that so many Americans, including so many of you in this audience, yourself, relatives, um, served in and some died or were disabled as a result of that. Um, so not surprisingly, that's that's the story. And that's what we're bringing in. That's what we're bringing in. And, you know, there's another, th th there's a lot to really delve into here. And I don't have time to get into all of it. But... No one really knows the sentiment so much in the United States.
But the Center for Security Policy, obviously, friends of mine, we had a, you know, Kyle Scheidler, who's one of their uh, fellows on, they did a survey last decade. I, I just remembered it. And they found that 29% of male Muslims surveyed in the United States supported suicide bombing. Okay, so, you know, again, we're not just talking about, obviously, you know, you walk in, you expect the subversive beliefs, the Palestine, you know, occupation. Okay, you know, you expect that. But there is a significant portion that literally believes in the bloodlust. I mean, that's what you're seeing from all these videos and everything. They they actually, it's not just like, look, you know, it's horrible what happened, but Israelis has got to end the occupation. No, like straight up, they're, they're, they're happy about it. They're supporting it. So when you see thousands of people cheering it out, that's, that's real, and that's the tip of the iceberg. And that's what we brought in. So Biden comes last night, gives a speech, barely mentions the massacre, and basically all he mentioned was, uh, he, he didn't mention the hostages, American hostages being held in Gaza. He didn't mention the attacks on U.S. embassies around the globe. He didn't mention that there were six drone attacks on U.S. bases in Syria and Iraq. What was his thing? Gaza civilians, Hamas aid, and Ukraine grift. Made, mainly made it about Ukraine, actually. So he's proposing $100 billion, $60 billion more for Ukraine, um, $7 billion in humanitarian aid, which means Hamas, and then $100 million earmarked for Hamas, but the $7 billion really is too. Um a couple more things and then 14 billion for our border which just means more resources for CBP to do catch and release more efficiently into our country and then 14 billion for Israel so again the republican view if they ever got their act together with the speaker's business would be to simply say dude you're not going to hold us hostage for 14 billion for Israel for that other other nonsense um Instead, we need to cut things off. And I do want to mention, I, I, I want to get into this more deeply next week. You might be wondering, how the heck do we have troops in Syria and Iraq? We still have 2,500 troops in Iraq, 1,000 in Syria. Do you, do you know that they're there to quell the Sunni rebellion on behalf of Hezbollah? And I, all these Iranian-backed Shiite militias like the Hezbollah brigades and this other Makhtar, whatever I can't pronounce in Iraq. So while our troops are there sitting ducks, not striking and maneuvering, but just sitting there, so, you, so nowadays you're vulnerable to all these drone strikes. There were some troops that were injured. Can you imagine that, sending your kids off there to fight for Iraq? And the Shiites, from what I've heard, it wasn't a Sunni attack. It was a Shia attack. It was, it was like the Hezbollah brigades or one of those. So we're helping the Hezbos and dying for it too. We're still doing it. I mean, that's what we did for 15 years, but we're still doing that. All the while getting in Israel's way, which is partly what Biden's strategy is, so they can't attack because you have American soldiers. I mean, the soldiers are more at the eastern end of Syria, but whatever. There's no vision. There's no vision. And of course, Republicans are in disarray. Again, all, all I'm going to say about the speaker's race is there are two options. Either use this civil war as an opportunity to break away and start a new party, which I'm fine for. Or if you 
can't do that, then you got to sit down with a guy like Tom Emmer, who would be a consensus guy, and try to reconstruct the arrangement you had with McCarthy and find ways to make that work. And, you know, get a guy like Chip to stand up, work with the rhinos and say, look, we should all agree that Biden is vile. It's disgusting what he's doing. Let's rally around a few things, the border, certain spending cuts and get something in the budget. Okay, I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I don't know what more to say. But as we've been talking about all week, the theme is we got to create our own enclaves. We got to create our own enclaves. And the only way to do that is to have representation that reflects our views in those given areas. But we don't have that. We don't have that. And the question is, how do we create that? How do we assert our will? How do we make our reverse Gaza? If you know what I mean. What's Gaza? It, ref- it The entire culture reflects the religious beliefs of the population, which is demonic as hell. We need to create an oasis where our culture predominates to a point where everything else, the rainbow jihad, the pagan sharia, Islamic sharia, and BLM, and all that stuff, feels uncomfortable living there. That's what we need to do. We need our own no-go zones. We need our own enclaves, our own colonias. So with that, I want to get to our next guest and talk about this subversion in Red, Texas, in a Red County, Colonial Ridge. So as we approach this discussion about Colony Ridge, you know, we, we talked about it a lot with Todd Benzman in the past. He really broke this story wide open. He wrote about it in his book a while ago. But then the story, I think, grew legs more after we had that, that homicide of this Honduran national who just killed a number of people. And then we find out they just discharged firearms all night. There, there's no control. Police didn't seem to go in there. ICE doesn't seem to go in there possibly tens of thousands living in this Liberty County, Texas. And what's so chilling about this is I think, you know, again, as we watch what goes on in our universities, the parading around with the BLM Antifa stuff and now the Hamas stuff and all these Hamas people in the thousands in places like uh, San Francisco and New York City, We'll be like, all right, you know, well, the best we can do is take the parts of America that still have American values. And like I said, we just need to make sure that we have political representation that's reflective of those values of the of the majority of the people who live there. But what what's shocking to me is you go to a place like Liberty County, Texas, and in terms of the citizenry, it's it's classic rural county, uh, small population uh, just east of Houston. It's actually an 80-20 Trump county. I looked it up (laughs) just for the sake of it. 80-20 Trump county. And yet, it was seeded with tens of thousands of illegal aliens. Now, they don't yet affect the voting patterns uh, there, so it's not reflected in in that. But it's reflected in everything else. The crime, the drugs, the sprawl, the school system. 
medical, everything you can think of. And I, I've I've reported on this over the years. This might be the worst part of it, but there definitely are enclaves like this in Norman Rockwell's America. You definitely have this in parts of western Kansas and western Nebraska because of the, the ag interest there. And I have always said I could sit and talk about Joe Biden all day and but the Democrats, but the media. But how much could we influence? But imagine if we took all of our people and we focused like an like like a laser beam on red areas where Republicans are at least receptive to pressure. That doesn't mean they'll listen, but you know, you get a bunch of Republican voters in a red area on their case. Why is this going on in my area? We can't affect Baghdad, we can't affect Gaza, we can't affect New York City. What about our own areas? Okay? So our next guest, Michael Quinn Sullivan, I think is really the paradigm for for what I want to accomplish. He's the publisher of something called Texas Scorecard, which really calls the balls and strikes on uh, local state politics from a conservative bent, exposing the rhinos. And that's really what we need in every state, something like a Texas Scorecard. Great stuff on a bunch of issues. Um, But I wanted to bring him on to discuss his trip to Colony Ridge and the reaction to it, how it is starting to the the focus from people like him and Todd Benzman is actually starting to percolate and create a demand for hearings in the legislature. And Ken Paxton, the attorney general, is all over this. Uh, Again, Michael Quinn Sullivan is publisher of Texas Scorecard, host of the Texas Minute podcast and email. You could follow him at MQ Sullivan on Twitter Michael, thanks so much for joining us today. Really glad I found you. Oh, man, it's a real honor to be with you. It's you know, nice to talk to you rather than just listen to you is what I do most days. So it's nice to actually be talking with you. It's very, very fun. So all you have to do is just listen to the first 22 minutes, and then, then you're good to go today. So <laughs> let's start off with Colony Ridge. Um, you know, most of us haven't heard about it. I heard about it from Todd, Todd Benzman. You actually visited it. The, the area. Could you vividly describe it for us? Sure. And look, I'll tell you, you know, Todd Benzman deserves a lot of credit for this. He was out ringing this bell. Um, and then I'm, I'm very embarrassed by the fact as a native Texan, it took me uh, hearing from Todd Benzman about from what, oh man, maybe this is something we should pay attention to. Um, you know, th- th- this is the problem of even those of us who are local um, uh, will will tend to ignore the thing right in front of our face because it's easier to look somewhere else. It's easier to tell Daniel Horowitz how to mow his lawn than it is to get my lawn mowed correctly. Right. Um, and, Drive so so we made a trip with uh, with one of my guys to Colony Ridge because we wanted to see this place. Um, I had seen it years ago, and it was um, at the time um, really nothing. Uh, eight eight or so years ago, when people first started talking about it, um, then Benzman started writing about it. Now we went back. Um, what you find when you get there first and foremost is you, I feel like I was driving into a um, a bad part of Mexico when I entered. And I don't mean that uh, from any sort of, um, uh, you know, from kind of a stereotype, because I've been in those parts of Mexico, in, in northern Mexico, um, where the, the streets look like they had been uh, you know, laid with you know, cheap concrete from, you know, from, from Home Depot, um, certainly not the kind of grade you would expect in a Texas uh, community. Uh, no street lights. No, uh, no sense of um, of community protection. No sense of, of no even sense of community, other than 
um, you know, the, the, the fact that this area all kind of looked uniformly shabby. Um, and this is a new area, by the way. Now, this is not something that's been around forever, and you kind of expect things to degrade over time and to be taking effect. No, these, this is a new area. So driving through, the first thing that, um, or the second thing I was struck by was the sheer number of flags of Mexico and Venezuela and various other uh, Central American um, uh, countries that it, it just, again, not your typical Texas neighborhood. You know, I, I don't know what goes on in the other, the other states of the Union, but in Texans, most neighborhoods, if there's a flag flying, it's either going to be an American flag, a Texas flag, or a, you know, a POW um, uh, honor flag. Um, those are the flags you predominantly see. You don't see the flags of other countries flying, but you found those everywhere. There was actual flags on poles or little uh, decals on people's gates, things like that. Um, you know, the, 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 the third thing that struck me is to go through the, the biggest structures that you find there in Colony Ridge or, on, or at least on the periphery of Colony Ridge are these massive, brand new public schools, massive government schools uh, that have been built to serve specifically um, the, the, the children in this, um, in this enclave. Um, and you, you know, ask some questions, poke around, and you find that you know, these kids, uh, you know, of course, we don't ask, are your, is your family here legally? That's not, that's not a question that gets asked. Um, in fact, they're, they're forbidden from asking that question currently. That's something that we should probably look at changing. Um, and, but, but predominantly, these kids don't speak English. They come to school not speaking English, uh, which gives you a hint that maybe uh, these kids weren't enculturated here. Um, yeah, so the, these are lots of red flags, and then and then combine that then with the heavy uh, police reports and the crime concerns uh, layered on top of the fact that these developers uh, for this uh, for this Colony Ridge area have been advertising in Central and South America, saying, "Hey, when when you come to Texas, you don't need." Uh, those pesky uh, social security numbers. Don't worry about having any documentation. The owners, uh, the owner of Colony Ridge, will do you up some real nice financing, uh, which of course confiscatory. Um, you know, all the stuff is really, really shady, Daniel. All of it, you know, all of it screams. This is a shady, shady operation. And I think that I had really wanted to believe something like that could not exist in Texas. I wanted to believe that that was a problem uh, that was you know, reserved for New Jersey. That was a problem reserved for California. That was a problem reserved for Michigan. Surely we didn't have this problem in Texas. But as it turns out, not only did we have this problem in Texas, but you know, here's, the, here's the spoiler. Two Republicans in our Texas legislature um, carried the legislation that made Colony Ridge possible. Wait. What do you mean they made it possible? I mean, I thought we just found out about this. You're saying this was done deliberately. I, I am saying you had two Republicans who who took advantage of some existing law back in 2017. Okay, this is uh, this is the research that Ken Paxton uh, released yesterday. Uh, we covered it at Texas Scorecard. Um, Ken Paxton released this research yesterday. Um, to his team wanted to find out what was the history of what allowed this Colony Ridge development to take place because it's very unique. You don't have this kind of setup in uh, in other parts of the state. Colony Ridge is unique. The reason why it's unique is because there was a, a 
you know, you, you and I will be much interested as all the rest of your uh, listeners are going to, you know, fade off for a second. I'll try to be very quick. Um, a section of state law allowed cities uh, to do the special municipal management districts uh, that would uh, help developers kind of partner with developers in um, in expanding, you know, uh, uh, suburban areas. Um, here, this is a rural area where they were now allowed under this legislation filed uh, to create one of these districts. That meant that the owner of Colony Ridge and his board and, uh, and his employees could serve as the de facto board of directors, uh, laying taxes, uh, issuing bond debt, all these other kind of things uh, that you expect a government to do. But instead, this uh, uh, this Colony Ridge area gets to serve as its own local government, but without the the niceties that you expect um, when when you're living in a in, in a municipal corporation in Texas. Uh, so it's it's all very shady. Put in place back in 2017. So so uh, Michael, yeah. just I want to make sure people yeah, are yeah. following the distinction right. here. Uh, Texas has obviously a tremendous amount of rural counties. Liberty County would be no different. It would be one of them. You'd have a Liberty County government. But you're saying right. that in 2017, these two legislators uh, who should have been representing their native population instead represented foreign, foreign invaders, and they passed this bill under, I guess, the Texas equivalent of what we would have in Congress, the suspension calendar, kind of non-controversial right. bills that, you know, 100 at a time, no one pays attention to, that created this municipality governing board within the county for that portion of the county that we call Colony Ridge, and that the the guy who leads that the 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 owner of the development, the private development, he sits on the board of governing, and and, and that's William Harris. Yeah, Trey Harris. He goes by uh, Trey. Is Trey Harris. William Harris the third goes by Trey. Uh, he's been a Republican donor of these things. Um, but, but yeah, this is a very shady system. And look, I, I want to be very clear. I don't know that these two legislators knew they were creating a haven for illegal sure. aliens when they passed the legislation. What they were doing, though, was giving their pal, Mr. Harris, a really special deal, a way that he could develop this property as a housing development um, and and not like most developers have to do, you know, lay, you know, take the risk, lay out the money and lay out their own money, go get bank loans, put a mortgage on their own properties, other things, so they can build it out in the hopes of recouping the investment later, right? That's the way most developments happen. In this case, this guy was able to become a, a quasi-governmental entity that could issue bonds that would be paid by you know, by, by the residents down the line, um, issue uh, levy taxes on um, on on those folks. So you know, also that he could develop the property faster and at very little expense to himself. It's it's the worst kind of cronyism. It's the worst kind of abuse of of um, of, of government power. And and what we then what of course has grown uh, grown from that was you know, the this adage you've heard you know a number of people say now well look if illegal aliens are going to be coming here they got to live somewhere so apparently uh, Colony Ridge decided that they would attract the illegal aliens meaning they could charge higher interest rates than a citizen would uh, would have to pay using the bank you know, normal legal. Uh, more normal methods of financing, um, and they could, uh, you know, be able to uh, expect no pushback from whatever 
kind of uh, wow. policies they push. So you're saying all it was that very, piece of very bad. Yeah, that piece of legislation was able to, to allow them to quietly do something that would have been noticed. But here's what I understand. How is it not noticed by the residents? So again, I'm just looking at the county at large has 91,000 people as of the 2020 census. Now that clearly the understanding is that there's tens of thousands of these possibly larger than the population of the non-illegal aliens that are not counted in the census there. Um, I'm just looking at the voting patterns is 30,000 voters in 2020's presidential election, 80% voted for Trump. So how do those people not notice that? I'm, I'm, I'm picturing, I mean, I well, live in Maryland, and it's, I mean, the, you know, kind of a blue bastion, yeah. but you have conservative rural parts that would be right. very noticeable if you start changing it with even a fraction of the number of people. So in terms of the schools, the services, every their day-to-day lives, how did that happen? Yeah, so you had a couple things happen. This is, you know, kind of the uh, a friend of mine like to say, everyone's strength is their weakness. <laughs> you know, the um, all all strengths have their downsides to them and can be used against you. And so, you know, in Texas, we have very much kind of this, you know, property owners should be able to use their property how they want to use mm-hmm. their property. That's a kind of ingrained in us in Texas. Yep. And so we we tend to give deference to when you know, when the guy who owns the acreage next to me is has some, you know. Uh, you know, trucks rumbling on to it. I figure, well, hey, it's his property. He can screw yeah. it up however he wants. You know, he turns it into a gun range. He's shooting there. That's great. You know, yeah, yeah, it's his business, right? It's it, it's his property. His it's his dream. Let him pursue it. Um, uh, the, the downside of that, though, is maybe we don't ask enough questions. And folks, I'll be I'll be very clear. In 2017, when I first heard about about this, um, not knowing where it was going, not even knowing about that legislation. Um, folks were com- were concerned in the area that uh, the kind of your typical NIMBY thing. They were concerned this property was just going to become, you know, just another trailer park, right? That they you know, they didn't want a trailer park uh, being built near them. But because you're in the county and it's a big acreage, people that they want, it was just rumbling complaints. And I think most folks um, presumed, oh, okay, these are just people who don't want, you know. Uh, a, a trailer park built in their county. Um, what it's turned into, of course, is not only is a trailer park, but it's something far worse. It's a haven for you know, for the cartels and illegal aliens. Um, and then, so again, I I think a lot of this was able to grow because of that kind of you know let people with the property want. Uh, you know, yeah. don't, don't let, don't let whiners, you know, uh, thrust nimby on us, you know, kind of thing. Um, and, 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 and so that it created this perfect storm. Along come now um, all these kids needing schools, and that's now, I think, when um, a lot of the residents of Liberty County um, started to look around saying, oh, my gosh, what's happening here? Because it but, did but happen But how does that even get off the ground, quickly, Michael? Again, I'm, I'm, I really quickly. want a vivid dis- yeah. description if you have it, because uh, I really want to know how this happens organically. Look, typically you're in what I would consider a, a very rural county – um, you're gonna have a school where everyone knows each other, okay? In the in the public yeah. school, everyone's gonna know each other. The families are gonna know each other, and you're really not, you know, even even one person who's kind of kind of foreign or new is gonna stick out, not necessarily for the bad, but just you know, noticeable. Okay, from what you're describing, wouldn't the public school? I mean, unless it's very divided, unless the county is very divided, and all these guys living on a different part of the county, wouldn't it be eighty percent? 
illegal? I mean, how, how do you not notice that? Well, you, 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 well, you, you have pur- purposely captured it uh, because it's rural and the population, the, the, the original population, if you will, is in one part of the county where Colony Ridge is a different part of the cal- uh, county. Um, and, and, and let's remember, when you talk about illegal aliens, uh, the, 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 the folks who come across illegally are not often coming originally with their kids. You know, you take, you take the you know, the, the, the guy coming across illegally, you know, most most illegal aliens are are men coming yep. across alone. We, we've noticed. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, we've noticed. Uh, fighting age is what we used to call them. We can't call them that anymore, apparently. Um, but these, you know, these single men coming across, you know, so that you know, the, they get the trailer house. They, 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 they get the, you know, the small, you know, uh, small home. Um, that they rinse that their colony ridge. Um, and, and that's where that population started. Then you start bringing in, you know, their, you know, their, their, their wife and a couple of kids now come across a couple of years later. So the, you know, the, you had the footprint footprint growing, um, and, but it grew very rapidly. Now. I think that's the thing that most folks don't recognize is just how quickly this happened. You're talking um, the matter of uh, maybe four years that this went from, no one paying it. No one locally. People being frustrated about a trailer, trailer park, right? Um, but no one knowing what it was. To suddenly this massive with tens of thousands of people there. Um, it happened very quickly. The school district um, in the area responded, saying, "Oh my gosh, we're we're, we're suddenly counting kids. Got to build school here." Um, all of it happened again within these past couple of years, making it um, just a, a a perfect storm. I think of, of things happening. So let's take this to the fact that it's been noticeable at a governmental level. What are what are we seeing now? Who's focused on it? Is the governor paying attention, lieutenant governor, legislature? Where do things stand and what do we hope to accomplish? Yeah, to, to, to their credit, the governor and the lieutenant governor, that's Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick, um, have both recognized this for the problem that it is. Uh, Dan Patrick, um, uh, who's the state's lieutenant governor, did a, a flyover in a helicopter with DPS, uh, met with law enforcement on the ground, and on his on his own website uh, did, a, did, a, did a pretty good uh, first person view of kind of here are the questions we need to be asking. Um, and, and, and a pretty bold statement for uh, activity for the lieutenant governor to take, um, in many ways ahead of the governor. Uh, the governor, meanwhile, uh, being aware of you know, a lot of the reporting out there, um, has in this special session of legislature under the state constitution, our legislature meets for 140 days every other year, whether we need them to or not. And then the governor is authorized under the constitution to call the legislature in for 30-day special sessions addressing agenda items that the governor can place before them. Now, they don't have to pass them, obviously, sure. but they have to fall within within the governor's agenda. Um, the, the governor uh, in this special session that's going on right now is asking lawmakers to address this problem of Colony Ridge, both, both in its extant form, but also in the form of uh, making sure this doesn't happen anywhere else in Texas. And so the governor's clearly aware of it. Um, the, the Texas Senate um, has been uh, trying to figure out how to grapple with this. The Texas House, on the other hand, um, has been largely silent on the question of Colony Ridge. The, um, some of the House members, the Democrats who are in leadership in the Texas House, which is a, another problem, yeah. uh, but some of the Democrats who are in leadership in the Texas House 
um, are, are the ones out the loud, loudest saying, oh, everything is fine here. You've got a couple of Republicans um, who are also trying to downplay the problems of Colony Ridge, but they're being generally shot down by their by their constituents. So when they try to has there to been any federal up. response? So Texas uh, congressional, the Republicans in Texas congressional delegation uh, sent an inquiry to the attorney general of Texas, to the governor and to the speaker of the Texas House saying, yeah, we're concerned about this. We're getting a lot of reports here. Uh, they cited various um, concerns being raised by uh, by ICE and, um, and other um, uh, federal law enforcement officials. Uh, in many ways, that's what sparked Ken Paxton to have his team research Colony Ridge and find out what's the legal history of this thing. Uh, so, the, so the members of Congress are concerned about it, but at the same time, um, you know, th- this is a th- this is a Texas grown problem. And I think that if any of us are waiting for Joe Biden or Uncle oh, yeah. Sam to come and fix our problem, you know, I mean, we 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 can't blame Joe Biden for Colony Ridge. We can maybe blame Joe Biden for letting the illegals come in. But Colony Ridge exists because Texans have allowed it to exist. I mean, yep. Texans had done and, a little better and, fix and it. it underscores what, what we've been advocating for, that ultimately empowering states to deport is really the ultimate answer here. Josh Hawley's bill at a federal level, yep. but I would argue they have a self-defense, inherent constitutional right to do it without that, that the problem is going to cluster in the states, and we need we need to we need the state to deport ultimately. The state needs to shut it down. Um, you know, he could, uh, this Trey Harris could run whatever real estate he wants. At the end of the day, these people are here illegally and they need to be removed. So, uh, you know, and, and, and also just underscores yeah. the fact that we have so many GOP donors that they view America as nothing but, uh, a, a, you know, real estate development and economic spreadsheet, and there's no country to it. And this is what we've been focused on. You, you need, you know, as Jefferson said, Americans with Republican values, re- Republicanism, and certainly we're bringing in people that not only don't have those values, but some very subversive and often dangerous ones. So I, I, in the remaining couple of minutes, I want to bring this out a little bit broader to what Texas needs to be doing um, in this special session. Is there any hope of finally getting some of the border bills passed that uh, you know, were blocked during the regular session? Unfortunately not. I mean, the, the strongest, ironically, the strongest border bill that appeared during the regular session of the legislature um, uh, was killed in the Texas House. It was a House bill that killed by the Texas House leadership, which is uh, this coalition of Republicans and Democrats, rhinos and Democrats. Um, that legislation um, has not even been refiled in the special session. They, the legislation passed out of the Senate during the special session would address stash houses, um, add on uh, some additional penalties for being in the state illegally uh, from a, you know, a foreign citizen who's in the country illegally being in Texas would you know, create a state crime for that. Um, and, and those are all well and good, but uh, but as you noted, um, until Texas is willing to take the take the stance of challenging Arizona, uh, the U.S. versus Arizona, yes. which is the case where the Supreme Court said, no, no, you you can't deport. You know, a state can literally execute a person, um, but yet we can't deport yep. them. That's, that's just a horrible 2012 decision, and a lot of those members are no or, longer or, on the court, and it's certainly something to challenge. 
I mean, I, I have my own views on judicial supremacism, but at, at a minimum, even if you right. submit and subscribe to it, that was an old court, and it should be kind of like what we did with Roe v. Wade. A lot of this stuff needs to be relitigated uh, because we, we, we're just out of time, and, and we cannot – I mean, this should scare everyone because it's those sort of counties – that's all we have left. The world has gone mad. Amer- Blue America has gone mad, and – you know, we got a lot of, and then you go to red states, and you get Houston, you get Dallas, you get the big cities. This may as well be San Francisco. Where are we going to go? But now the ag interests then take the remainder, which is the red rural areas, and starting to seed them. And this is really a broad problem. Again, not all of them are as concentrated as Colony Ridge. It's kind of almost like an autonomous zone with tens of thousands of them, but it still is a growing problem. And I think this underscores what what the work you're doing is. We can't influence the world. We can't influence the blue states, but we need to start shaking these people. If we see, you know, illegal right. immigration, we see crime, we see um, green, you know, the, the, the green grift, we see the homosexual agenda, we see all of the things we say that we don't want to happen, biomedical tyranny. We should have our own no-go zones <laughs> where that stuff <laughs> doesn't happen here. And... I really applaud people like you shedding light because this is all we can do is expose it if it's in our areas and say, get this out of here. Why are the Republicans not fighting it? So I am heartened to see that some of your elected officials are dealing with this. Um, Real kind of two more minutes here. Just give us an overview of is there any hope that you're gaining momentum? I'm not just talking about on illegal immigration, but in general – your legislature's awful. I mean, it's one of the worst red states. I mean, most of them are bad, yeah. but this is really – we don't even have enough conservatives to form a Freedom Caucus or at least a real one right. uh, in, in your ha- – ha- are, are we on our way to, to changing that? Yeah. Look, I mean, it, the, the bad news is it's probably worse than you realize. <laughs> um, the good news, though, is that people are uh, people are getting very frustrated. I think that the, you know, kind of the uh, the the raw raw beat our chest. We are Texans. We're better than the rest of the world. Um, you know that well, 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 that's useful in some ways for building team spirit. If your team's not winning, what's the point, right? And I think a number of Texans are now recognizing maybe we need to stop believing our own PR and we need to start getting to work. And you're seeing that you see um, a record number of challengers to these rhino Republicans. You're seeing a record number of, um, of these rhino Republicans realizing they're in big trouble. Um, you know, and, and, and they are starting to agitate uh, for, uh, for their leadership uh, to do something better. So, you know, I, I, there is a sense coming. I, I have, you know, I've been, I've been around for probably too long at this point. Um, but you know, the, I am sensing among Texas grassroots and the Republican base voters uh, that they are more frustrated than they have been in, in, in more than 20 years. They're, 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 they're very, very angry that they've been sold a bill of goods about what a conservative state we are. And yet they see us not producing those results. And, exactly. I, and I think that that's the, that that's the good news. The citizens are standing up. All hope is lost unless we as citizens get involved. That's the system our founding fathers gave us. They did not give us a system, Daniel, where, you know, you and I can go watch, you know, watch married with children reruns all day long. Yeah. You know, you and I are supposed to be involved and engaged. Well, and they the literally colonize engaged, us. Literally, we, exactly. we're always like, yeah, try that in this small town. 
Well, they already did try it in a small town, and uh, to a large degree, they're being successful on many fronts, and that's what we we need to, you know, reclaim, reaffirm, uh, reconstitute, and protect at at a minimum our best areas, uh, because again, I mean, you you go you go to the big cities, and and we're lost. I mean, we're 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 totally and, lost. It's but, uh, but, but Daniel the. the, the... The, the, the great news out of Texas is the mayor of Dallas, who was a conservative Democrat, switched to the Republican Party a couple of weeks ago, recognizing that maybe his party's lost, his old party's lost its way. So, again, I, I think there are some very things, things to be hopeful for, I think, but it's going to require us to keep fighting. Well, definitely, I'm going to draw upon your work to keep updated on this special session and, and those of you involved in our Texas team. Um, th- this is the time. This is the moment. Uh, we can't affect international affairs, uh, but when it affects us and we have this pro-Hamas sentiment, uh, these uh, illegals, just this subversion, uh, we, we have to make sure we create our own areas where this just doesn't happen. And if it and if it does, that we draw attention to it and hold those accountable who perpetrated it. So I appreciate your work. Again, Michael Quinn Sullivan at MQ Sullivan on Twitter, Texas Scorecard. Check the, out their website. Great Texas website model for other red states. Michael, looking forward to having you back again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Daniel. Take care. So there you have it, folks. Michael Quinn Sullivan. Um, I hate to sound like a broken record, but the reality is there is nowhere else for us to go. If you look at politics and demography, culture, liberty, anarchy as a spectrum— and you have the world and you have America. And then within America, you have the blue states and the red states. And within the red states, you got the Houstons of the world and then the kind of rural parts. I mean, rural America is all we have left. And that's where we need to start. Start where you're strongest and, and hope to branch out as far as you can to, to reclaim areas uh, block by block, county by county. But this is this is where we're at when we have a country where the citizenry is largely brainwashed. A lot of us are being replaced quite vividly in Liberty County, Texas, but bringing in all this stuff that we never voted for, the most vivid illustration of social transformation without representation, the greatest changes to civilization done without our authority. We never voted for these student visas. We never voted for these green cards. We never, if if you would have, I mean, and in fact, uh, Ted Kennedy famously got up there with the passage of the Hart Seller Act that kind of led to a lot of this in 1965. And he said, this is not going to change the balance of America and change the demography and flood your countries with third world immigrants. He literally said that because he knew that if you if you would say that that's what it's going to do, people wouldn't want it. Um, People wouldn't want it. It's not that people aren't welcoming. It's that people in America are welcoming and they don't want to welcome things that are unwelcoming, okay? And uh, certainly that's brought out with the Islamic stuff. So we got a, we got a, a, a lot of work to do there. But let's not forget, our own government is the enemy. That's a big part of the problem. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw. Biden, again, won't ask for the American hostages, funds the captors who just did the most brutal massacre imaginable, doesn't unfreeze the money for Hezbollah, Lebanese military, doesn't unfreeze the, or freeze the money for, for uh, Iran, 
And then he goes and he outs the Delta Force operators that were designated to try to do hostage, hostage rescue. Unbelievable. And then they delete the tweet, but the damage is done. The internet is forever. And I want you guys to think about just one more thing. I don't know if if you connected the dots, but when you look at the fact that the Biden admin just outed the names of the special operator or the faces of the special operators. Just remember, a couple weeks ago, we found out the Biden administration suspended Iran envoy Robert Malley, who helped to fund, support, and direct basically an Iranian intelligence gathering operation that penetrated our government. And one of the things we found out from the documents is that he allowed an Iranian agent named Ariane Tabadababai to become chief of staff to Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations in the Pentagon, Christopher Meyer. The chief of staff of, I mean, what's more the pride of the nation American is apple pie, don't mess with us, we'll fight evil, than special operators. The chief of staff for that you know, civilian position overseeing that was an Iranian spy. I mean, this is the, the, the problem is within. It's within. It's within our government. It's within our people. We need to form our own colonias. We need to form our own sanctuaries. We need to form our own no-go zones. And again, I want to talk about that a little bit at a community level, maybe next week with uh, citizens' posses, uh, working with sheriffs that are patriotic to try to do what Sheriff Mark Lamb did in Arizona. This is something we really need to think about on multiple levels. Folks, let me know your comments, questions, concerns. It's been a very productive week. I ask you guys if you could give us a five-star rating on iTunes if you have not done so yet and leave a comment as well to make sure we surge above the empty calorie shows on the algorithms in iTunes and hope you guys have a terrific family-oriented weekend. Till Monday, God bless you all, and thank you for listening. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV.